0: everybody. How are you doing today? I am excited to re- be recording another episode of my podcast today. I am super excited. I'm calling this one Own It. Are you interested or are you committed? And it's it's, it's been a topic that I've been thinking about for quite a bit of time now. I've been, I've been processing it. In fact, I've been wanting to talk about it for a few weeks now and I keep jumping back to different topics that are distracting me because I'm kind of ADD and and i'm ready now i had this exact conversation with someone this morning and so and so now i'm i'm ready to jump in right i mean it's fresh on my mind but it's also something that's that's really fascinating to me as i continue to work with people i'm realizing more and more and i'm realizing about this even for myself that people in general there there's a difference between being interested and being committed and what I have recognized, especially in these last few weeks, as I've worked with more and more entrepreneurs, startups, etc., what I've inter- what I've what I've recognized more and more is that there is a slew of people who have this dream, or they call it a dream, but yet since there's no action behind it, it's really just an interest, right? And that that's something that I would I would declare it in a way that. I'm sure people listening would be, no, no, it's not just an interest. I want to do this, right? But what's interesting to me is I, as I've been thinking this through, if you are committed to something, there is an action that comes with it, right? I mean, if you decide that you are going to live a healthier lifestyle, then some actions that would come through with that would be like, Maybe going to the gym, or maybe you would be eating differently. In fact, maybe your your grocery list would look a little bit different. But if you say that, it doesn't matter how many tears you cry about your weight. It doesn't matter, you know, how energized you get around, uh, you know, having a new routine. It doesn't matter whatever videos or self help, whatever that you're motivated by. None of that matters if you aren't actually doing action with it. To make those things happen. And so I think that in life, you have people who on, on one hand, from one end of the spectrum, there's just a basic interest there, right? It's like, I have an interest to have a lot of money one day. And maybe they don't even frame it that way. Maybe, you know, even if they get energy around it, or they're, maybe they're talking about the house that they want one day, maybe they're talking about the business they want to have one day. Maybe they're already a business owner and their house. For example, I was talking to a guy who is doing around $700,000 in revenue. And he was like, man, it would be great to be at $5 million in revenue in the next decade. And so, you know, in talking with people like this, on one end of the spectrum, there are people who you you can substitute the word I'm interested in with, it would be nice if, right? It would be nice if I was in better shape. It would be nice if I had a better house, a better car. Uh, it would be nice if uh, my dog wasn't so needy. I mean, you know, all of these things that we can go to, I think on one end of the spectrum, it's just, it's things that we just think about as, oh, that would be really nice. On the other end of the spectrum, you have some things that you are desperately committed to, right? It's the things that that get you up in the morning, it's what drives you in life. It's the things that no matter what else is happening, it stays at the forefront of your mind for this must be true in my life, right? Uh, for some people, maybe that's the quality of their marriage. So like no matter what happens in my life, I will make sure that my marriage is something I invest in. It's something I'm committed to, right? Right? Now I think what's really crazy about these two spectrums is I think that the majority of people actually live in the middle. And I think it is the I I would call it the the passionate interested people who they aren't quite committed but they're very passionate. And these are people who you know and typically in life I don't I don't tend to be very black and white. I mean there's a lot of complexity to life in general. But I think in in general people They don't like to admit that things that they are passionate about are really simply interests, okay? Here's a good example. I talked just a second ago about the quality of my marriage. That's something that I'm committed to. What has happened, though, I remember I was with a group of guys one morning, and we're just talking, and I can't remember if I've shared this story before or not. But one of the guys, his name was Garrett, and Garrett says, You know, I think what would be really great would be in these five areas and he laid out five areas and they're kind of like five areas for like, what does it mean to be a good husband? Or like, what are the categories that if you're doing well in these five areas, you know, you're doing a pretty good job. And so he said, what I did was I went to my wife and I asked her, I want you to rate me from one to five in how I'm doing in these areas. And so he, he actually had them rate him. And I, I think I just said I had them rate that he only has one wife. So he had, he had the one wife rate him. And I just, I just, it was just interesting, right? I just, I just thought, wow, that was really brave of you. <laughs> you know, it's brave to ask anyone what they think of you and if they were going to rate you, but, but to go one step farther and ask the person who's probably closest to you, your spouse, uh, it just said a lot about him. Right. And, and what was in this whole conversation afterwards, he said, you know, What I think would be really great is if you guys, talking to the rest of us, if you guys went back to your wives and gave them these five areas and asked them to rate you. And of course you know, (laughs) being there with, with all of our peers, it was like, yeah, totally. Of course, of course. And I remember, you know, kind of feeling totally energized and charged and thinking like, yeah, I want to be the best husband possible. Absolutely. I'm going to go straight home and I'm going to ask her and be like, you know, babe, these are the areas, you know, don't go easy on me. Tell me what can I do to be a better husband to you? And so I get home and my wife is there and I don't give her the categories. I don't even mention it. I don't even say it to her. I don't even know why. You know, I still to this day, I think about why didn't I ask her to rate me? <laughs> Other than it being kind of a, you know, forced deal. Why, but why didn't I ask, right? And so a day goes by and I, I think, well, maybe tomorrow I'll ask. And then another day goes by. And and uh, I, I remember the next time all me and all those guys were together, thinking, you know, I'm just going to have to come clean and be like, I didn't ask. But and, you know, it was, what was surprising was there was no follow-up. There was no, hey, did you ask your wives? It, we, it's almost like we kind of forgot about it. So I, I guess that kind of bailed me out, right? But so when we talk about, I, I think that I, I could be someone who I would stand up in front of people and say, yes, I am committed to being the best husband that I can be. But if I'm committed, my actions should show that, right? And so the answer is, I'm not really committed. Now, if my wife listens to this, yes, I am. I am committed to being <laughs> a good husband, I promise. But but really, I'm just interested in the idea of being a great husband. And 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 I know this sounds very specific to me. I know it sounds very specific to me, but... I see this all the time with business professionals. I see it with people who you know they 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 use the word commitment when really the word is just passionate interest, right? I see it and you I mean you everyone's seen it when it comes to January, right? Where everyone makes their New Year's resolutions and there's all these fun articles on what's the average amount of time people stick to it, you know, and it's it's someone made a joke, it's about uh, end of December is a great time to put your money into Planet Fitness stock or what have you because in January, plenty of people are going to be buying those gym memberships. But so we see it time and again where people, they say they're committed, but yet they're only passionately interested, right? In business, I see it a lot too. I see, for example, an owner or a CEO who says something like, we are committed to treating our employees better. And yet after three, four, five months later, you see some of the same behaviors, some of the same attitudes, some of the same mistrust. It's almost like a gym membership after the, the emotional high of, wow, I'm passionate about this. After that emotional high wears off, It goes back to how a life always really was. See, we like to think that we're committed, but, but really there's two metrics for actually being committed. There's, there's two things that are the greatest measurements for, are you really committed? And those two metrics, it's first of all, it's time. And it's second of all, it's adversity, Time and adversity are the two things that legitimately show if you really are committed. And here's what I mean by that. And I know I'm talking a lot about marriage in general, but it's in my mind, it's the easiest analogy for me to understand. So when I, I used to be a high school teacher and it's it's so strange and, and some of these classrooms like the deeper conversations you get into. And so I, I think, you know, and some students also like they can be kind of um, they, they want to gift, get you off topic, right? And so they will sometimes ask these, these directed questions to just, just give any kind of variety to the classroom, right? So they ask all these kinds of serious questions. And so I think I was like passing out an assignment one time and a, and a student said, uh, said Mr. Benz. And I said, yeah, what's up? And He said, Hey, what's, What's love? you know, this is like not, it's like, what, why would you ask me this right now? Like, why would you ask this question when I'm passing out this assignment or maybe I was passing out a test and the student was like panicking. And that's the first question that came to mind. But you know, it's, this question comes up and I remember I had a very quick answer and I said, I said, love is a measure of your commitment to a person. And I said that because as I was thinking about it, you know, a lot of times when we think about love or really what what Hollywood would have you believe, uh, I always think about that movie. I think it's called Enchanted. Uh, I think it's Enchanted, where um, it's the guy from Grey's Anatomy who, uh, I guess, it's the girl from the cartoon who comes to the real world and. Um, I, I don't remember any of the details other than I really liked it. And it was a funny movie; it was great. But there's this part where everyone's singing, and and even the it's kind of like this satirical part where everyone knows the song, and Patrick Dempsey is like, "How how does everyone know this song? What is happening here?" And I think the same thing is true absolutely for Hollywood, where we have this portrayal of love, and it's like this, it's like this, always magical, always exciting always full of these whimsical feelings when realistically, you know, you feel that you absolutely feel that through your marriage, but there are plenty of days where I don't feel that, right? In fact, there's some days where I feel downright annoyed at the person who I'm living with, right? And so your, your level of, of, comm, uh, of, of, excuse me, of love to a person is your commitment to them after 20 years. After 30 years, after 40 years, it's that time element to it. You know, it's one thing to say, I want to get in shape. It's another thing to one year later, be the person who has been going consistently over and over and over again. Uh, in leadership, we've been talking a lot about routines in life. And it's interesting how someone shared this detail with me that it's interesting how there's no real data on when leaders go to bed, but there's some pretty compelling data on when do leaders wake up, meaning it, there's, there's a marked difference in terms of su- the success of people who rise early and have these routines in their life, such as prayer, meditation, uh, eating breakfast exercising, things like that. Right. And so I I was talking to a guy, for example, who was saying he had started all these great routines and now it's been a month later and he's, he's not doing those things anymore. And he said, I just, I just don't understand why can't I do those things anymore? And it's, it's just a simple matter of understanding you're not really committed to it. Right. So there's a time element to, it, and there's also this adversity element to it you know, a marriage that is tested through adversity, such as we don't have any money right now, or in more serious circumstances, maybe there's, there's some kind of loss that happens in our family, or maybe someone loses their job, or maybe some, some, you know, large life circumstance happens. You know, adversity is absolutely a measure of your commitment. I think about a guy who once told me a story about, He was committed to actually uh, living a better life and seeing life more optimistically. And the next day after that, he lost his job. Talk about adversity, right? You know, being someone who says, I'm going to live differently. And yet, all of a sudden, this thing happens. And I had a mentor one time who said, you know, anytime you commit to something, there will always be a suddenly in your life. Suddenly, this happens. Suddenly, the circumstances change, even when you least expect it right there's always a suddenly that will happen that really tests are you truly committed One of my favorite stories to this, and I think I think what's really fascinating about commitment just in terms of adversity, but also recognizing that that commitment comes with a cost right I mean it comes with an intentionality and i I heard this this uh there's and i can't remember his name I think it's oh, I can't remember it's some it's like a Billy Graham esque type of character, like a um, an evangelical Christian missionary pastor type person who um, has like traveled the world and and a very noble person of integrity, um, not like someone who's like making millions of dollars off people, but someone who's really making an impact. and And I hate that I can't remember his name, but there was some story about how. Uh, Separate from him, there was another guy who was like a traveling minister or preacher and was like really, you know, loving people well, doing a great job. And his son was like a total hellion at home. Like his dad was traveling all the time. His dad was never around and he was just an awful kid getting in some really bad stuff, really not making good choices. And the guy's wife called him and said, look, your son is... I mean, you're out here telling people about heaven. Your son's going to hell. I mean, your, your your son is an awful, terrible kid. I mean, it's it's not a good deal. And the husband determined that, you know what? I'm committed to raising a healthy family and a healthy son, not just physically healthy, but emotionally healthy, you know, someone who can make the right decisions. And so what he did was he hung up his hat and he left that job and came home to be with his son, to be a dad, to be a father. That's someone who is willing to pay the price for commitments. And what's crazy is that son is the person who then grew up to be this Billy Graham-esque type character. So it's someone who is willing to pay the cost and actually commit to it, right? But what's wild to me, it's, it's, I feel like sometimes we, we can't really be honest with ourselves, Like we, there's something motivating about saying, well, I'm committed to this, but it's, and it's, it's really, it's this whole concept of blind spots, right? You know, we're unwilling to see the things that are holding us back, that are keeping us from, you know, becoming the person of impact, success, whatever that we're actually wanting to become. And it's these blind spots that, that we're just, we're, I mean, they're blind, right? I mean, you, you cannot see them. You don't realize they're holding you back. And what's, what's kind of blows my mind is the number of people who, when they're faced with an opportunity to actually commit, they don't do it. And that's, that's really my message today is as I'm thinking through some of these, these concepts and really what I've wanted to encourage people who, who listen to me to actually go and do is that if you're going to commit to something, you got to own it. You gotta own it. You gotta really commit to it. You gotta really do it. It blows my mind. So like what I do for a living is I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a consultant, but I'm really, I'm a coach. And so what I do is I work with, with people and and primarily business owners to actually go on and be more successful than what how they were doing before they met me. And so sometimes that's like with scaling, sometimes that's a certain revenue goal. sometimes it's with retaining better employees. Uh, and sometimes its just it's their mindset, right? It's like, this is the quality of my life and I want it to instead be like this. Well, what's fascinating to me is that I I do this because I really love it. Man, I love it. You know, it's if if you think about the concept of a podcast, really right now, I'm sitting in front of a microphone. Uh, I have a glass of water and I'm I'm just talking to the air, right? I'm not talking to anybody. <laughs> you know, but I I do it and it's easy for me to do it in terms of making a podcast because I'm so excited and I'm so passionate about helping people. You know, I think about man there's there's someone who's encouraged listening to the, listening to this and that's what motivates me to actually get off my rear, get in front of a microphone and actually talk through some things that are that are burdening on me. So I do this because I love it, man. I loved, I love to help people. I love to impact people. Well, because I love to do it every now and then, and I'm, I'm pretty good about always charging for my time. And so if I meet someone, if I engage with someone, I typically do a pretty good job of not doing handouts or freebies, but, but instead saying, yep, if you want to work together, this is how much it's going to cost. Absolutely. yep. Let's move forward. I'll send you an invoice, whatever. But occasionally I, I feel very burdened, to go the extra mile and really help people, especially some people who I empathize with their circumstances, or I just empathize with them as a person, and I want to give them an opportunity. Well, on this on this conversation of being interested or committed, one example of this, actually, I'll give you I'll give you a I'll give you a few examples. So I did a an, an AMA and ask me anything in this entrepreneurship group, and after it was over, this guy came up to me and was like, "Man." man, I would love to pick your brain, man. I would love, I just, I'm just, I'm desperate to grow, man. I'm desperate to move forward. Could we meet together next Wednesday at this coffee place? And I was like, totally. I said, let's do it, man. Absolutely. No problem. Well, so next Wednesday comes and he doesn't show up and I send him a text and I say, Hey man, are you, are you on your way? Are you coming? And he just doesn't respond. Now, on one end, I want to be mad, right? Because I'm thinking my time is valuable. How could this person just not show up? But, but actually, I found myself feeling sorry for the person because I thought this is a person who in a flash of a moment, at the end of this AMA, in a flash of a moment, he felt inspired to commit. He felt passionately interested. He was on the cusp of actually committing to whatever dream he wants to see become fulfilled, right? Because it's, it's nothing to do with me it has nothing to do with me as a person. In that moment, he was thinking about the dream that he wants to accomplish. It's it's what's in his heart. And in talking with me, he had a thought of this person can help me get closer to making that dream a reality. And for whatever reason, he didn't show up. He fell back on that edge of commitment. He fell back to just being interested. Second example, I do, uh, one of the things that I have done is this thing called Berkman and it's like this really awesome, cool personality test and it's a personality test. It costs about a hundred bucks and essentially the way it works, it, it describes out your personality, your work styles, your communication preferences, how you feel inspired, how you feel rewarded, um, the things, you know, how, how you best deal with conflict, things like that. It's a really incredible assessment and it's so incredible actually that Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, a lot of these major companies use it pretty heavily because they've seen it work really, really well. Well, so occasionally whenever I'm doing these Berkman sessions, which is where, you know, I'm standing with, you know, it's a team of people and it's anywhere from 10 to like 20 or 30 people and I'm walking them through their Berkman results and it's, it's fun and it's engaging and everyone loves, you know, everyone loves understanding more about themselves Well, Berkman actually started as a marriage counseling tool back in the day before it became a, a, this, this business tool. It was a, a marriage counseling tool. And so it was designed to help a husband and a wife have a fuller relationship. Well, so naturally, and my wife's taken the Berkman and I've taken the Berkman. And so we've compared our results and it's been pretty awesome to see some of the differences between us. And it's given us some great language for when we feel tense about a certain issue, we feel friction. Well, so, uh, understandably in these Berkman sessions, I'll have people who will come up to me afterwards and they'll say something like, man, I really need to get this for my wife, or I really need to get this for my husband. Is there any way you would be willing to to administer it to my spouse and walk us through our data? Man, I really think it'd be good for us. In fact, I actually had one guy who said, man, we've been going through a really tough time. The last year or two has been really hard. We just had our second kid. It's, it's been such a challenge, but as you were talking, I could, I could just, it felt like this would be something that could help us understand why we're having so much friction. Well, again, being someone who loves to help, typically what, what I'll charge someone to go through their Berkman is usually around $400. So it's not cheap, right? And especially with a larger group of people, you can imagine how much more expensive it gets what I said and what I've always said to these people who've asked for it to be used with their spouse is I've always said, if you'll pay the hundred dollars, I'll do it for free. I'll walk you guys through it for free because that's how committed I am to making a difference. I I, want to help. Absolutely. Yes. I love to help. So if you'll pay for the test, I'll do it for free. And so I'll have people who will say, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yes, I can't wait. Absolutely. What's your email address? And so I'll send them my email address and then nothing happens. No email comes through. No one follows up. In fact, to this day, I've, I've probably offered that to about 20 or 30 people. I've only had one person who actually said, let's do it. Yes. And we went through with it. And then my last example, really quick. I had a CEO who who um he was posting on a public group and he was honestly really scared. He was saying, Hey, I just became the CEO of this consulting firm. We just we had some budgeting issues. We just downsized. We lost around two thirds of our staff. And now it's me, the previous CEO, just stepped down. I'm the new CEO and I'm now in charge of just a small handful of people and I'm scared out of my mind. Well, this story resonated with me because when I first joined the consulting firm that I used to be with, we were around 25 to 30 people, and those exact same circumstances happened. There were some, some financial concerns, and what eventually happened, and it was, it was kind of this really traumatic, weird, crazy uh, thing that happened in my professional journey, but what eventually happened was uh, nearly everyone was let go except for myself and three others, and the person who was the COO stepped into the CEO role. And so I could absolutely empathize with this person. I totally, I I, I was thinking, I get it. man. I've been through that. I, I, I can't imagine what you're thinking, right? And so, you know, he's talking, he's looking for advice. And I say, hey, you know what? I'd be happy to sit down with you and just be someone who can listen, but also who can give you some practical advice, some things that might help you. You know, man, I'm willing to offer my time for free. I've been through it. I get it. And so his response was very passionate. It was like, oh my gosh, you're a godsend. I can't believe it. Yes, absolutely. When can we find a time? So we set a time, exchanged phone numbers. That time came and then it went. Seriously, no phone call, no reach out. And I, and, 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 and I want to be clear, it, it, really, it's, it's, it's nothing to do with my time. I'm not like offended here. I'm not thinking, how dare you? I'm, I'm just, it's just interesting to me because I think it through and I'm thinking, this is a person for whatever reason, just like the, the spouse who's asking for help with their other spouse, just like the guy at the AMA, these are people who in a moment become so passionately interested in. yet as time goes on or maybe as adversity shows up, they aren't really committed. They aren't really committed. So as you think about your own life, as you think about the things that you know, the dreams that are inside you, you know, it's better for your dreams. I love this expression. It's better for your dreams to die in your hands, you know, actually working it and doing it than for them to die on your lips. You know, just telling someone about it, man, it'd be great if it'd be better for it to die in your hands than on your lips. And if there are things that you're committed to, and I use that word intentionally, things that you really want to be committed to, My advice to you is to really own it. It's to own it. For me, if I want a better quality marriage, that means that I have to be intentional and surround myself with people who ask me the question, Blake, how's your marriage? What kind of husband are you being? What kind of friend are you being? You know, if I'm committed to actually transforming lives in my business I need friends. I need other business owners who know me, who are friends with me to say, Blake, are you focused on the right things? Are you getting motivated about that mission to help people? Are you getting distracted by money or problems or circumstances? Because there's really, there's never going to be any shortage of adversity. I have never in my life met someone who's ever told me, you know, man, the last two years have been great. I had zero problems, nothing went wrong, and it was like my life was absolutely perfect. I've never met anyone who's ever said that to me. Whether the problems are big or small, you can look back on your life and you can see the adversities that have come time and again because it's guaranteed, right? We constantly deal with it. There will always be a suddenly. There will always be something that gets in your way that tries to keep you. It's that boulder in the road. It's the, it's the obstacle that keeps you from actually moving forward, right? And so my encouragement to you, my advice to you is to stop BSing and actually commit. Don't be interested, but actually commit. And, and in some cases, I, I think being honest with yourself, I think actually owning that I think sometimes that can be really challenging because it means accepting truths about yourself that maybe you've been unwilling to see before. I had a great conversation with a guy just the other day and he said, you know, there was definitely a turning point in my life about two years ago when I started to become, and he's this phenomenal leader, he's this incredible guy. He said there was this turning point in my life uh, a couple of years ago and honestly it sounds silly but I started to read more. And I said, okay, wow. So you became a reader and now you are this phenomenal guy. And he's like, well, it it wasn't just that I was reading more. It's that my philosophy changed because all my life I'd always thought I don't have time to read. I don't have time to sit down and read a book. And what I recognized and what I realized about myself was that's an excuse that I'm making. And if I want to be a reader, if I want to grow there's audiobooks there's podcasts there's whatever there are ways for me to actually do that and i applauded him i said man it's awesome that you recognized that you were making an excuse for yourself and decided to move forward another story i had a woman who i was talking to and she went through something extremely traumatic in her childhood and as we were talking she was saying you know i've i've realized that part of my identity has been grounded in this thing that happened to me and I've used it as an excuse that's kept me from actually committing. And I don't want it to, I don't want to make that part of my identity anymore because all of that pain, you know, the, the, the action is way in the past. It's, it's two decades in the past and yet it still holds power over here. Now, now <laughs> no one could actually tell her that. I mean, no one could say, Hey, yeah, you're just using that as a crutch." No one could say that. That's only something she could realize on her own But what I admired about her was she took the step to own it and say, I'm going to commit moving forward. And I wonder, you know, what, what are the things that keep us from committing, right? What keeps us from owning it? And I, you know, I think it is that, I think it is that we're not really that committed. We just like to think we are right. I mean, we love the idea of, we love the idea of love and of marriage, but you know, rarely do we actually commit to it. Uh, even when we're in, in those circumstances. But I think it's also, it's, it's sometimes the fearfulness of other people keeps us from actually committing. And here's what I mean by this. I think the hardest part for me, for example, of being consistent on like social media, for example, is anytime I make a post, the first thought I think is what will people think of me? You know, those magic words, and you can probably relate anytime you've made a post or put up a picture or whatever, what will people think about this, right? The fear of rejection is powerful. And I think to own your commitment in life, it means owning that I'm not going to care about what people think, their perception of me. You know, I remember when I left my firm to start my own company, I had someone very close to me say, oh my gosh, what are you thinking? Why would you do that? what so it's being it's being okay with what people will think of me and in some cases it's it's moving past what you think of yourself and actually being someone who can commit and own it i remember there's been times in my life where i have felt like i can commit to being a successful person but in some ways have thought I don't deserve success. I'm not worthy of success. And so my own disbelief has kept me from then committing. And then other times it's, it's you know, it's interesting, I was talking to a guy last night and we were talking about some of my most successful clients and some of my least successful clients. And I was describing a couple of these instances to him and he was like, you know, these all sound very similar. What's, what's the metric that you use to judge was it a good client or a bad client? And I don't even mean in terms of, the quality of the client, but, but your work with them, right? I mean, what's the metric that you use to evaluate that to know I did a good job or a bad job. And I said, his name's Carrie. And I said, Carrie, I know this sounds really arrogant and silly, but whenever I work with someone, my goal is to help transform their life. That's seriously what I want to do. I want, I want that person to be walking down one path. And after they've engaged with me, they're now heading down a different path. And I said, I know that's stupid. I know it's arrogant, but that's, that's my driver. And so my best clients are the ones where I knew that that happened, that they as a person, they as a boss, they as a company are better because they worked with me. Those are my successful clients. And what was interesting was his response wasn't, wow, that's so compelling. His response was, why did you say that about yourself? And I was like, uh, which part? <laughs> He's like, you know, the, the, the qualifier at the start. Hey, I know this is arrogant. I know this is silly. Hey, I know this is, and I, I thought to myself, uh, I don't know, actually, I don't know why I said it. And he said, I just want you to know that people who really know you, they know you're sincere. They know you're genuine and you just need to know you, you don't need to preface that with that qualifier. You know, I'm curious to know why you felt like you needed to, you don't, you can just own it. This is your calling. This is what your purpose is. You can just own it. Right. Right. And that, that really resonated, really stuck with me. And so I know for me personally, I'm trying to move out of my own way, try to train my own mind so that I can fully commit and be fully invested and be someone who can get the kind of success that I actually want. So having said all that, man, I, f- I hope you feel encouraged today. I hope you feel You know, if anything, again, whatever you're driving to, whatever you're wanting to see accomplished, whether it's in your marriage, in your company, maybe it's a future company down the road. I want to encourage you time and adversity. Those are the things you're up against. And I want to challenge you to commit. Don't just be interested, right? Don't just be passionately interested, man. I would love if blank happened. I'd love to have this company one day. Do you really want to see it happen or are you just excited about the idea of it? If you're going to commit, actually commit and above everything else, own it. Seriously, own it. Don't let it die on your lips. Let it die. Well, actually, (laughs) don't let it die at all. But again, it's better for it to die in your hands than to die on your lips. Thank you guys for listening today. I'll catch you later. See ya.